Steph. And I'm here with Gilda. Hey, <laughs> um, yeah, that's me. Um, and this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get very high and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yeah, today we're talking about season two, episode 20. This aired on April 23rd, 1977. It was hosted by Eric Idle with musical guests Alan Price and Neil Innes. And also, Jeanette Charles was a guest star in this. She is an actress who basically got gigs because she looked a lot like Queen Elizabeth. I mean, she did. She really did. Like, I, I was low-key impressed. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh shit, this is like an actual, like, impressionist or person that does this. Impersonator? Uh, well, not a Like, she didn't talk, no, but she, she looked. looked like her. Yeah. yeah, she didn't have to talk. No, it would have ruined it. It would have. Uh, we go right into the cold open, which is Eric Idle, who I believe he was Irish and torturing a potato farmer from, like, Northern Ireland? Is that... I, I figured it was some sort of Northern Ireland situation, because yeah. there was a bomb and an Irish man. I don't know. He was, uh. Eric Idle was torturing uh, Bill Murray with potatoes, and he's like, I'm going to turn these potatoes into french fries if you don't tell me where the bomb is. And so he counts down from 10 to 1, and Bill Murray's like, all right, all right. And Eric Idle's like, all right, I have three questions. Is the bomb live or is it diffused? Where was it mailed from? And when is it set to go off? And Bill Murray then sits there and he goes, live from New York, Saturday night. And I laughed because that was a fucking wonderful setup. It was Uh, clever. Yeah, it was. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and then we went to the monologue, which immediately, it was weird because there's a whole red carpet there, and I was like, why the fuck is there a red carpet? And it's for the queen, who strolls on, and uh, this sort of began a like recurring bit throughout the episode where they're doing a telethon for uh, Great Britain, to save Great Britain because they don't have the money, and we do, Um and he was talking, Eric Idle was talking, he was like, all these words that I'm using, these are examples of words that we made up for you to use, and you haven't been paying the royalties. It was pretty funny. It really was. Uh, he was talking about how uh, the U.S., or the U.K. likes, uh, the great, yeah, yeah, Great Britain loves the U.S. for the, their money, and they have the museums and the culture, and the U.S. has the money, and it just kept going back and forth. Um, the telethon started off with, uh, Canadians donating fully dressed Mounties. Uh, they had uh, volunteered to be kicked to kick it off. And Dan Aykroyd comes out, and the woman playing Queen Elizabeth pulls up her, she turns around, she pulls up her skirt, she like knees him in the crotch, and Dan Aykroyd then falls to the stage. And that was uh, that. Yeah. It was kind of funny. <laughs> Um, and then we went into an ad for the American Dope Growers Union. Yeah. And this was mostly Lorraine Newman giving this ad, and I loved this. This is a union I would love to be in. Um, and then there was a jingle at the end of it that the whole cast sort of came out for. Yeah, cast, writers. It was, honestly, it was very well written. It was very catchy. Lorraine Newman was all over this episode tonight. Yeah. Um... She was. And I mean, it was, a, it was a short little pre-tape, but I, obviously, they, they hit the target demographic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For that, at least. Yeah, and then we went into uh, the Frost-Nixon interview 
sketch, uh, the Frost-Nixon interview sketch. These, obviously, I mean, I'm a nerd. It's a series of interviews done by David Frost post-resignation uh, of Richard Nixon, and they were just mocking how boring Nixon was, and they're like, do you have any memories from your childhood? And he's just describing a, a typical morning in April of 1921. Nixon thought David Frost was Johnny Carson. There was a whole thing about, oh, the tape has been cut, what actually happened during Watergate, and then it's bleeped out. That was funny. Um, it was because Dan Watergate was explaining, not like Dan Watergate, Dan, Dan Nixon was explaining Dan Nixon the Watergate situation with like all these hand gestures and stuff because we couldn't obviously hear him. Hear him, yeah. And uh, David Frost was... Just a lefty saying Dan Nixon. <laughs> Dan Watergate. <laughs> Whoops. Um, fuck. I'm very high. Me too. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, and obviously we sound different because this is a special occasion. We're here together. Yes. Um, no FaceTime today. No FaceTime today. No lag. Uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, and then the sketch ends with Dan Aykroyd uh, ordering Rick David Frost, or... Eric Idle is David Frost around on the floor as if he's a dog and like throwing a notebook and making him fetch it and do tricks. It was a little disturbing. Yeah, he was like on his hands and knees, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Didn't like it. Yeah, it was a bit much. Um, and then we briefly checked in again on the telethon. Did not raise any money. Um, and we went into Alan Price's first performance, which was his song, Poor People. Um, I have the lyrics pulled up. This song, I'm not gonna lie, not my thing. No! <laughs> the musical performances the past two uh, the past two episodes have been a little fucking weird. Yeah. The lyrics in this song, poor people are poor people and they don't understand. A man's gotta make whatever he wants and take it with his own hands. Poor people stay poor people and they never get to see. Someone's got to win in the human race. If it isn't you, then it has to be me. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is not... It's, it's, life isn't fair. There's no easy days. There's no easy ways. Okay, yeah, fine. That's true. But still. Like, uh, anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nope. Uh, and when he was, like, singing, like, the la-di-dahs and the ooh-ooh-oohs and all that stuff, he was making these sounds that, like dogs would make yeah like, it, it was, was ugly it was bad um and then we had a pre-tape that was well taped around new york city this was um an idol weiss production set at the end of it okay i missed that yeah. that makes a lot of sense yeah. <laughs> i was like this obviously was an eric idol like brainchild he narrated it yeah yeah but it was just weird. It was like, very weird. And it was obviously Gary Weiss in style. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was basically people's exaggerated body language. Um, it was like, this man is sitting on a bench. You can tell, and it was Bill Murray, you can tell by the way he's crouched that, you know, he's very upset and distressed. And this woman sits across from him, and he signals his alertness and then his attraction, and he, like, spreads his leg, legs, and man spreads all over the place. And she signals her attraction as well, and she flings her legs open. It's Lorraine Newman. It was very funny. Um, it just went on for so long. Yeah, they had a bit too many examples, mm -hmm. some more questionable than others. 
Um, yeah, there was one where a foreign person was asking for directions to the bathroom. Um, they were asking Bill Murray, and Bill Murray just shot him in the head. Yeah. Um, that was really shocking. Came out of nowhere. Um, and they just played it off as nonchalant. Haha, we shoot people we don't understand. No. Yeah. And oddly, there was another... There was a whole gun-related sketch later on in the episode. I didn't really think about that until just now. Yeah, a lot of guns! It was a lot weird. of guns this week. Yeah. Um, we went to Weekend Update, which... Um, huh. I like Jane Curtin's new hair. It's, like, pulled back in a bun, and it looks better than the fluffy. Um, and that's just very uh, surface level. <laughs> um it does look better, yeah, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but oh god, this weekend update, there was so little. It was very short, but oh my god, it was not great. No. Only it, one thing stuck out to me. Same. It was not remarkable or funny or... No. Anything. And then uh, they went to an editorial from Bill Murray, mm-hmm. which was on the constitutionality of spanking children in schools, and he tells this whole like hypothetical story of a teacher whose name is Billy, um, making an 11-year-old girl stay after school so that way she doesn't get humiliated in front of her classmates. And he's talking about, like, putting her on his knee, and he goes in this whole long rambling thing about his childhood and his fucking grandpa dying. And then he goes into horrible, overly sexual detail on taking the underwear off of the girl. Um and spanking her while, like, unloading all this trauma. It was not... Like, I, I see what he was trying to do, but I don't think he should have done that at all. No. It was, like, okay, it was... It was, like, working through trauma on live TV. Um, no, but, uh... He... I... This is, like, the third time Bill Murray has been involved in something that was, like, pedophile-related. It had such... Bad vibes. Like, you just don't talk about an 11-year-old girl like that. That's gross. No, it was explicit. He was describing spanking this young girl in explicit detail. And it was, like, not even, like... like, He wasn't even trying to hide... No. Like, how sexual it was... Yeah. I mean, the look at the end that Jane Curtin gave him was hilarious. Because it was just like an, okay... And obviously that was the point, but Jesus Christ, still. It was just Ugh. disturbing. It was disturbing. Like, I I expect that level of stuff from Michael O'Donoghue, not Bill Murray. Yeah, I did not want to hear that from mm-hmm. him. Didn't want to hear it from anyone. No, but, yeah. Um, moving on. Yeah, we went into a pretty funny ad. Um, this was in the middle of Weekend Update still. And oh, this was an yeah. ad for Oxen, uh an oil company and the whole ad was just about how costly oil ads are and they were like oh this is the most expensive prop ever made for a commercial and you know we have to crew all these things and feed the crew and we have to give them meat and we have to like just a bunch of ridiculous stuff um and i thought it was kind of funny like it it was. It was saying next time you're com- next time you're grumbling about how high the oil prices are just look at this commercial about how expensive it is to shoot commercials, and that's why. It was really, I, I thought, I, I thought it was a funny point, but... I think the, like, 
tagline at the end was something about how like Americans will like fall for anything or something like that. I don't exactly remember what it was, but it was something about like yeah, you'll just throw your money at whatever. Yeah, uh, we have an appearance from an appearance by Emily Latella. She is very distracted by Tom Snyder. Uh, she proceeds to sing, where he goes, I'll swallow, I'll swallow him. Uh, Jane Curtin is like, nope, it's follow. <laughs> Emily Latella, she goes, oh, that's very different. Tom, if you're watching, never mind, which I thought that was funny. <laughs> I was like, all right. Uh, that was really funny. Joke. She just went for it. Was saying yeah. it. She did. She she was having a hard time not laughing. I liked that. Yeah, it was pretty good. We went into a sketch that was the NBC Sports Heavyweight Championship, and this had Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray as sort of the like commentators. Um, Garrett Morris is the ref, and then John Belushi. This was like the first time we've seen John Belushi all night. I think. Yeah. Except for the. Um, the American Pop Grower Union. Mm-hmm. This was like first time we've seen him, um, and he was with Eric Idle, and they were fighting. Um, no shirts, just boxing gloves and bow ties, and shorts, obviously. <laughs> um, and they were like making these comments back and forth, and that was the fight. Was yeah, it was boxing, but the like the. Super punches were like witticisms, and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray—they're doing the commentary. And Dan Aykroyd, after two John Belushi jokes right in a row, he's like, "Oh, that was a devastating my wife combination." Yeah, the way that they were commenting on it was pretty funny. That was good. I th- overall, I was like, "Okay, none of this is really great." And then it just goes into physical comedy where like Bill Murray pies John Belushi, and then there's like a bucket of mustard or paint or. Uh, fuck if I know. It got messy really quickly, but John Belushi won. Yeah, and Dan Aykroyd was in the splash zone of that. He was. But somehow Bill Murray wasn't. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of think he might have just stood up and walked away. Right? To like, avoid getting that on uh, him. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I would do the same. Ugh. But, yeah, they made a big-ass mess, and all I could think about was the poor people who work there and have to clean that up really fast before uh, they use that for another no. sketch. Like, it was just... Grown which, men making a mess. There was a pre-tape after that, which was, um, wasn't it? I think yeah, it was. it was a pre-tape. It just looked like a regular performance, but it was, mock- it was mocking John Lennon and his whole Imagine years. It was the Ruddle who lives in New York. The Ruddles were the mock Beatles. So it was nasty, the Ruddle. Uh, and it was portrayed, he was portrayed by Neil Innes. This was on behalf of the Save Great Britain telethon and... Uh, Neil Innes performed Cheese and Onions. Yeah. Um, it looked like he was chewing gum during this. I don't know what was going on there. This, oh, this episode was just all the fuck over the place. It really was. was, Yeah. We go into the, uh, Lorraine Newman introduces a quote-unquote film, The Battle of Britain, and it's basically Gilda Radner and Dan Aykroyd uh, Gilda Radner's reading a letter from Dan Aykroyd. He's off at war, and he's like, "Oh, the night that I, I still remember the night that we said goodbye in your the night in your quiet parlor where we said goodbye, and the goodbye is like a quick kiss and he walks out the door. And that was really fucking funny because like this letter <laughs> makes it sound like it's this like passionate night of romance, and it was just like, nope, it was 
It was Quick really anticlimactic, and the yep. way she was, like, reminiscing on it was hilarious. Yeah. The... And then it just keeps going back to that night, but getting, oh, you remember them, they were, you remember my friends, they were there, you remember my mechanics, they were there. And then you remember the Nazi, played by John Belushi, he was there. Yeah, it was like, why the fuck was Herman Goering at this goodbye night? Like, what in the shit is going on? Also, still really jarring to see swastikas on the screen. Yeah! I... I know, I, I get that they're not, like, promoting it, but it's still not something I'm used to seeing, and it obviously, and I've, I'm glad it does, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, anyway. It's like, oh, this is dated. Yeah, every time someone else, <laughs> no shit, um, sorry, every time someone else was in the room, Gilda would introduce them to her sister, Violet. And so the mechanics are there. She's like, please don't spill oil on the rugs. And then when Herman Goering was there, she's like, please don't steal our art treasures. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. Like, all right, that was a solid joke about Nazis just stealing the possessions of, of uh, Jews they were displacing and sending to camps. I think um, he looked at the camera and winked when she said that. <laughs> oh my God. No, I don't, yeah. wait, like, do you, like, winked as John Belushi or winked as Gehring? Um, hard to say, but I was assuming he was in character in that moment. Okay, all right, I was really hoping you were just gonna say John Belushi <laughs> so I could pretend it wasn't bad, all right. Great! Yeah. Great! <laughs> and that's what I assumed. So, by the time y'all have, well, oh, no, because they won't have heard it at this point, because... We we're, we're st- we will start that season after we finish season two, right? Yeah, but there, anyway. <laughs> this, Jesus Christ! All right, maybe I need to not. Well, I'm not gonna have heard it. <laughs> um, Very strong. Yeah. So then Dan Aykroyd he finally comes back from war and he's been shot five at least five times and then every subsequent mission he's been shot at least once and they're barely able to put him back together but. The pins and whatnot in his legs are worth it because he's still alive or whatnot. Or, no, something because Nazis are dead. I don't fucking know. But he gets back and he has to walk by literally moving his legs across the floor in place. Like, with his arms. Yeah. And it was really fucking comical to watch him do. Uh, Again, they're all really having fun. Yeah, Gilda and Dan seem to have really good chemistry, too. Yeah. I honestly, anyone, I'm starting to be like, oh, it's Gilda and -and so-and-so. Gilda, it's like the chemistry with her is just, she just elevates the scenes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, go on. We went into uh, Neil Innes's um, second performance. Oh, well, first we had the telethon um, where Eric Idle said that they were at nearly $21, (laughs) but they were indeed still at $20. Yeah. Um, And then we went into Shangri-La. This was... An elaborate musical production. Um, he was wearing like this, these long glittery silver gloves and boots, and this big like yellow and white sparkly overall situation it's a jumpsuit that was like sparkle. And yeah, he had these big ears on. It was cool. It was a, it was very trippy. He kept like going back and forth between like a regular set of musicians playing in the studio and then like over to women dressed as princesses holding cardboard cutouts and he would like bring men, like male cardboard cutouts into the real world performance and he was like merging them. It was bizarre but cool. Yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. 
Um, I also enjoyed watching the next sketch, which was Plain Talk with Eric Idle and Dan Aykroyd. Um, and this was literally just them both saying a bunch of nonsense, but it was in the tone of like an interview show. So Eric Idle would ask nonsense and Dan would answer with even more nonsense. Yeah, it was like words in... They were all words, but in no comprehensible order. And it was like if you let autocorrect write a sketch. Like the predictive text yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that. they didn't have that. So no. I thought it was an impressive assortment of words. Exactly. Um, yeah, it was about that. It was very short. And then we went into uh, a sketch that I'm pretty sure was mocking, again, all of the hijackings at that point. Maybe yeah. in the 50s. But at the same time, like... It's, it's just, it was still, it was really disturbing to watch as uh, Lorraine Newman, she's a flight attendant, and she's getting everyone ready for takeoff, and a guy calls her over, and he's like, hey, do you think I could do this? And he pulls out his gun when he's asking her to do so, and you're like, oh my god, he's threatening her with a gun, okay. And then she's like, sure, of course I can do that. And then she goes back, and she's like, and Gilda Radner's like, oh, can you get this for me? And also pulls out a gun. And everybody on the fucking plane has a gun, ranging from, like, handguns to, like, semi-automatic and rifles. Like, yeah, John Belushi had, like, a rifle with a Doberman. Yeah. Uh, everyone was threatening her with them, and they're like, oh, aren't you the girl from the commercials? She's like, I am. She's like, oh, do the, do the jingle, do the bit. And she's like, oh, no, it's embarrassing. And they're all, like, they have their guns out and they're pointing them at her. And the commercial was, stick a gun in my mouth and you can fly me anywhere. And then she said, and here at Transwest Flights or whatever, we give you, we give everyone a gun. And it was fucking weird to see, but also America, so. Yeah, very weird to see. Um, really weird concept overall yeah and like the pilot comes out and he's like oh where do you want me to fly you we can go here we can go there we can go wherever like assuming like you're being hijacked and you're gonna take them somewhere nice like no just bring us to new york on time he's like i don't know if i can get you to new york on time and i thought that was funny yeah um it's like that's still true yeah uh we had alan price sing in times like these yep not oh that song also had some choice lyrics which, uh, uh, when the money doesn't go far, we end up drinking out of jam jars. When there's no meat on the table, we live as well as we are able. Um, it's just not true that we're all alone. It's just not true because someone must have done it with someone else or else you wouldn't be here doing it. It's just... It's just fucking depressing shit. I, I don't know. I, I Yeah. It's like, when the money gets tight we'll be drinking out of jam jars like what so when the money isn't tight what do you drink out of like do you not have glasses why don't you just keep the jam jars for glasses if you don't have the anyway <laughs> this reminds me of um on bob's burgers oh, no. there's this bit where um linda and bob get invited to this like millennials uh sort of party at their apartment and they're childless so they're really cool and they go out and see you know plays and whatever and as they're leaving, Linda's like, oh, I'm sorry that you guys ran out of glasses and had to give us our drinks in mason jars. <laughs> it was really cute. I love Linda. She's my favorite. Linda's the best. My absolute favorite Linda moment is when Bob is having, like, anxiety attacks about 
uh, Teddy eating his burgers, and he wakes up out of, like, this nightmare of his burgers killing Teddy. And he's like, oh my god, I'm killing I'm killing Teddy. And Linda's like, what? What? Okay. <laughs> the car's full, the tank, uh, the gas tank's full, so that's good. I guess we can homeschool the kids. And he's like, what? Linda? What? <laughs> no, no! The burgers! What? You think we're killing Teddy? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I remember supportive. that episode, but not that bit. That's hilarious. It's <laughs> supportive wifing at its best. Just like, yes. all right, we're killing someone. Let's fucking go. Ow, motherfucker. No. Oh, okay. So we got up this morning and we waked and we baked and then we ate bacon, egg, and cheese everything bagels. Very good. They were very good. While in the process of slicing the bagels, I may have sliced my palm open with a serrated knife. Uh, I've been warned not to cut bagels like that a bunch of times, and I knew why it was dangerous, and yet I still do it, and that's why I need a bagel slicer. Um, Yes. Steph made sure I didn't pass out. It was actually pretty great. Um, (laughs) It was not pretty. My first aid training is expired, but it'll suffice. I mean... (laughs) Great band-aid application, thank you. Yeah. Um, we then go into the, it's the final bit of the Save Great Britain telethon, and Clive Davis has just called back and requested his donation of $20, be refunded. Bill Murray comes out and he's like, oh, he's gonna chug half a bottle of grape, he's gonna chug a the bottle of grape, he's gonna, right, he's gonna <laughs> chug the whole bottle of grape juice. He's like, all right, I got this, and he chugs half of it, he's like, no, nah, can't do it. And then it cuts to a commercial and then good nights. And it comes back and all of the phones are ringing and the entire cast is manning the phone bank. And Eric Idle's like, oh, tonight, don't remember to set your clocks back. No, forward. Uh, why do you have to lose an hour? This is ridiculous. Uh, why can't it be like between 10 and 11 when no one's doing, you don't want to do anything? You know, two to three, you could really be having a good time. Uh, and then he made a sex joke about how, uh, like, you'd be getting intimate with a lady at 2. And then what time is it? Oh, it's 3.05. And she goes, oh, that's the, that was the best time of my life. And it was like, oh, she thought it was an hour and a half and it was five minutes. And I thought that was really <laughs> fucking funny. And then he just said, you know what? Just set your clocks. You know what? Don't just put them under your bed and don't even worry about it. And everybody in the audience just laughed like crazy at that. And then Don Pardo basically made a bunch more daylight savings jokes, too. Yeah. It was a nice way to end the episode. Um, my, I had a lot of trouble figuring out how I rated the mm-hmm. sketches in this episode. Yeah, me, yeah, it took me a bit. But what was your note for the night? Definitely the Bill Murray Weekend Update editorial. Yep. No. I don't appreciate. I mean, I again, it's like I get where he was going, but. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, we don't need. Mm-mm. It was so graphic that like I don't even want to talk about it because it was just like, it was literally disgusting. It made my skin crawl. Yeah. No, that is never like acceptable. Uh, your runner up. This was a tough one. Um, I originally had it the other way around, but I'm gonna say that my runner up is the oxen ad that aired right after that editorial. Um, it kind of brought the mood a little bit back up. It was kind of funny. Um, I liked the whole, uh, this commercial's really expensive. (laughs) How about you? Uh, my runner-up is a cold open. I really liked the setup for live from New York Saturday night. 
That was nice. Uh, it was it was lighthearted and I don't know. I mean, not the torture bit, <laughs> but not the bomb. But. No, 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 I forgot to stop at a six hundred. So ah, um, damn it. Um, not not the bomb. Didn't like that, but I really liked how they got to the punchline. You, um, for no, no, you said your oxen. It was oxen was your runner up. Yeah. Okay, and your best. I'm gonna say the American Dope Growers Union. Mm-hmm. Add. Yeah, same. Of course. Yep. <laughs> it was, again, I, it, there wasn't really anything problematic. It dealt with pot and unions, and I'm all for both. Yeah. So let's fucking go. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. On all ends. So you can find us everywhere you can find podcasts. Where yeah, You can find us on all major platforms, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And on social media, Reddit, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, we're at Set My High Pod. I guess spelled N I T E on Twitter. Yep, follow us there. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. We also have a website, setmyhighpod.com, and you can reach us at setmyhighpod at gmail. But until next time, happy, happy highs! highs.